Hi, I'm Cynthia Cortman Westfall, a Broadway music director, conductor, voice coach, and tenured professor in the musical theater department at the University of Michigan. And I'm Chelsea Wilson, a performer turned voice teacher to Broadway stars and vocal coach on Broadway productions like The Phantom of the Opera, School of Rock, and more. Here on the Broadway Vocal Coach Podcast, you can expect real talk about the business, practical advice, and constant encouragement. We believe there's space for every artist in this industry. All you need is the right support. So consider us your two-woman hype team. Welcome to the Broadway Vocal Coach Podcast, where we help musical theater performers get unstuck and take the next step in their careers. I am so excited today because today we have more time with Chelsea Wilson, who is just one of my favorite people on the planet and who I could endlessly talk with about her career, her background, her path, her philosophy of life. I love it all. So, wow. (laughs) Facts are facts. So we've talked with Chelsea a little bit before in episode seven. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend it because it is so inspiring. Bring your tissues because there's some moments that are going to make you cry a little bit because they're so lovely and so beautiful. But I'm excited today to talk a little bit more about your Broadway career, which took a different path than you initially thought it would. But one that I just think is so exciting and so cool and I think really helpful for performers and other teachers to hear about because I just think it offers a perspective that we don't normally get. So we're going to talk about Chelsea and the Broadway. So you were a voice coach on Phantom of the Opera, School of Rock, Jesus Christ Superstar Tour, And then I think you also did Phantom of the Opera tour and the international companies and then Rock of Ages off Broadway, which, by the way, all of these shows could not be more different in their style of singing. So (laughs) let's dive into this. Let's dive in. How in the world did you even get into this side of the business? The story of how all this came to be ties into another recent episode that we've done, which was episode 13, How to Network in the Theater Industry and Not Feel Icky. That was a great episode as well. But these opportunities really came from a connection and relationships that I had built previously. And I consider myself incredibly fortunate to have been able to make these connections and really been in the right place literally New York City at the right time when there was a need. If you've listened to that previous episode and if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know I'm a voice teacher. My background was as a performer and that's what I went to school to do, but I was simultaneously doing private voice teacher certification and moved to New York in 2012 and started teaching voice professionally and over the course of many years and lots of struggle, built up a really thriving private vocal studio. Around 2015, 2016, 2017, I was doing a lot of voice teacher training specifically about musical theater singing. So working with other voice teachers and delivering classes and courses about how to help them with their musical theater students, how to teach musical theater voice. 
And one person that I had in this class was Fiona McDougall. She's a fantastic voice teacher and vocal coach in London. She is the coolest career. She has the career that, wow, I aspire to. She really does. She really does. She's the freaking coolest. And I consider her a friend. And she's she's just a really spectacular human being. Anyways, Fiona is a voice teacher in London. And for several years at this point, she had been coaching on just about every Andrew Lloyd Webber production in the UK and even in the United States. So she was kind of the right-hand woman of the music team whenever they would mount a new production, a new Andrew Lloyd Webber production. His production company is called The Really Useful Group. So anytime they were mounting a new production, Fiona was there, boots on the ground, working with singers, getting singers ready for opening night, getting singers ready for the cast album, working with Glenn Close on the revival of Sunset Boulevard, etc. I mean, really doing incredible, incredible work, supporting singers, supporting the music team, helping bridge the gap between the music team and, and what they needed from the singer. It's really a really cool job. In about 2017, the production of School of Rock on Broadway was in need of someone to be working with their lead, leading men, the men playing the role of Dewey, the Jack Black character in the movie, if you're familiar, on a regular basis. It is a hugely demanding role. Mm -hmm. It's like the alphaba for men, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it Mm -hmm. is so intense. These folks are singing like high A flats, A's, B flats, over and over and over again for a two and a half hour show while running, jumping on furniture, jumping off furniture, playing the guitar. I mean, it is really, really, it's really athletic. So around this time, I had made this connection with Fiona. She'd been in a class of mine and this need came up at School of Rock here in New York. I say here in New York, like I'm sitting in New York City. I am not. I'm not sitting in New York City. (laughs) (laughs) Post-pandemic. We'll talk about that another time. And Fiona recommended me to the producer and said, I've got this fabulous teacher there. I've worked with her. I think she'd be great for the job. And so I was I was referred to to the producer, Ken Davenport, who is really useful groups, kind of lead producer in New York City, whereas most of really useful group is, is located in London. And I remember I was out to dinner one night with a group of friends and I got this voicemail and I strangely enough, like excused myself to go listen to this voicemail. And I listen to the voicemail like in the hallway leading to the bathroom and I hear like, hi, this is Ken Davenport from School of Rock and, you know, just wondered if we could talk to you about this. We really need somebody for blah, 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 blah. And and I was just stunned. I was like, excuse me? What? Because the thing was, Fiona had not given me a heads up that she had referred me for this job. I was just like, it was coming out of thin air. I had no idea this was coming. Oh, wow. And I just got this, I just got this phone call from the producer. And I was thrilled. It was a life-changing opportunity to be able to work on a Broadway show. And to be able to work with actors closely in that regard. Up until this point, I've been working with Broadway actors privately in my own studio. Mm -hmm. And they've been doing all sorts of national tours and Broadway shows and regional work and working with plenty of people who were just, you know, singing for fun. But to be employed by a Broadway show and to work with a music team is a really different experience because you have to keep in mind the goals and the real objective for the production as a whole. And to support the singers that you're working with to be able to achieve that overall objective, which is to do the show eight times a week at a really high level. So that's how that came to be. And 
basically what that looks like, because I know folks probably wonder, like, what does that look like to be a vocal coach on a production? There were four four leading men who played that role. One played it six times a week, and one played it two times a week, and then two men in the ensemble who were on stage understudies. So I met with all four of those men every week for a voice lesson. And it was basically just like, you could think of it like physical therapy, like come in for your voice lesson. We're going to rebalance your voice. We're going to check to see everything's in good working order. We know you're singing at this really high octane athletic level so many times a week. Let's work on some, you know, exercises, some rebalancing exercises so you can explore some other things in your voice that will then support that performance that you're trying to do. Within those those sessions too would be implementing notes that the music team had given them that they would, you know, pass to me to to pass along to them or that they had received in music notes and were taking in and wondering how best to implement those notes. And it was really a fun and wild experience. At the time I was 27, I think when I got that job, And I look back on that and I was really still quite young. And I think one of the challenges in that role was almost like taking myself seriously and being being taken seriously at times coming in and having to do this, do this job and being able to come in with with a sense of authority and saying, like, I have tools to help you. So that was a challenge about it. I've got to say there's also the factor of being a woman in the Broadway industry in general. Well, I would say we could probably do an entire episode on being a woman in the Broadway field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe and we'll I can't do at wait. some point. <laughs> I think we should. I think you could speak to that to so many, so many I've years of that. You could stories. speak to. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I've got stories. So tell me a little about if a singer came to you for a private lesson, let's say they're auditioning for Phantom or they're auditioning for Rock of Ages or one of these shows, what might be different for the singer to expect working with a private teacher, working on audition material versus if they are cast in that role, maybe they're a replacement for one of the roles in the show. What might be different now in terms of how you approach them as a singer? I had the opportunity on both School of Rock and then about a year later, I started working on Phantom of the Opera in both of those productions as the associate vocal coach. Fiona remained the primary vocal coach and and I was, you know, New York boots on the ground doing that weekly work. But I had the opportunity in both of those shows to be part of that process of bringing in replacements. And right near the start of my time with School of Rock, one of the reasons why I was brought on was because they were in a casting process to bring in a whole new whole new cast and I got to be a very small part of that in that the handful of guys that were in the final callbacks, they'd come in and do a session with me. And I would kind of run them through the ropes, work on the material with them, prep them for that final audition, give them the adjustments and the tips and the tricks to make this work in their voice. Again, it's really demanding material. And also give a little bit of feedback to the rest of the team on here's my evaluation of kind of where their voice is at and what it might take for them to, to do this six shows a week versus two shows a week. When it came to working with, again, these singers in the show versus, you know, folks coming to me for a private lesson, so much of it had 
to serve the show, had to serve the production. And that didn't mean that we were working on music from School of Rock in every session. In fact, very often that wasn't the case. Working on other material or vocalizing in a different way helped bring more balance, helped bring more agility to these singers' vocal repertoire that then could possibly make singing the role a little bit easier. And the other thing was, is like they had they had the job, right? They were really actively involved in the job. We weren't necessarily working on audition material or trying to prep something for next week. It was like, I'm just trying to upkeep my voice and feel as good as possible doing the most demanding thing ever. Whereas private voice lessons, private students who had come to me for private lessons, we were working on a whole host of things. Audition material, working on dream roles and dream songs and working on getting technique and style to a place where they could tackle those things. It's definitely a different situation. How much do you feel, and I, I'm sure this varies from show to show and singer to singer, but I feel like I get asked this question a lot as someone who has worked on a long running show and went through a lot of replacements. And I'd love your perspective on this. How much do you feel when singers were brought in that they would have to sort of match or morph into the person who had been in the role previous. Take any long running show that has multiple tours out and multiple productions around the world. The analogy I've sometimes heard is, you know, if you go to Starbucks and order a Frappuccino, you want that Frappuccino to taste the same and look the same regardless of where you go in the world to order that Frappuccino. And (laughs) And and I think we're getting away from that a little bit from what I've seen from some of the newer shows. But I'm just curious for you and for some of those singers, how much coaching was involved in trying to sort of fit a certain sound that was needed or how much did the singer have some autonomy to sort of develop their own sound? I think that's a great question. And Those two shows, School of Rock and Phantom, could not be more different (laughs) in this. So like I said, with School of Rock, I came in right at the beginning of a casting process. And they, I believe it was with these two new guys who came in to play the role. It was They split the role for the first time. Previously, Alex Brightman and the person who followed him, Eric Peterson, they were playing the role eight times a week. And then the new casting came in and Justin Collette led the production at that point with six shows a week and Connor Jahuli played the role two times a week. And those two actors could not be more different at all. Justin was perhaps a little more typical of what you think of like a Jack Black look, sound, height. And Connor, who played the role two times a week, was younger than me. He was fresh out of school he was a tall, thin man, light hair. I couldn't have looked further than what you imagine as that Jack Black role. And he sounded different too. He he just, he played it as a version of himself. He played it from a, the perspective of a younger, a younger person. And vocally, I would say there was a lot of room to play with that role. Despite it being a very intense singer role, I think for audiences, there wasn't the expectation that Dewey Finn only sounds like this. Whereas for many other long running shows, I think of like a Wicked or I think of Phantom of the Opera. Glinda sounds like this and Elphaba sounds like this. And Christine sounds like this and the Phantom sounds like this. And it just wasn't quite the same way with that production. So that was actually a really cool thing to see in that casting process for that 
role to go to someone who really was not, quote, typical or how it had previously been been cast. When it came to Phantom of the Opera, I had the immense pleasure of coming onto that production when Allie Ewell was leading the show. And Allie was the first Asian American woman to play that role. And she was phenomenal. She is just truly a class act. So professional, so lovely, so talented. And what a voice. I I think with a role like this with Christine, and I'm going to speak from my perspective here. This is not me speaking on behalf of the production or anything at all, nothing like that. But there is a, a really specific expectation of what Christine sounds like. It is a light, clear, beautiful, dynamic soprano sound. And while I really have been pleased in the last several years to see a more diverse group of women being cast in this role, different looks, different ethnicities, that's really spectacular. I think Christine being Christine and singing the songs and the notes and the range that she has to sing has a a pretty typical sound. There is a sound that the team is looking for and a definite, a level of skill and talent to be able to do that role, whether it's six times a week, eight times a week, two times a week. And so that I think is, there's a, there's a firm expectation that Christine sounds like Christine across the world, whether you see the international tour production, whether you see it in London, whether you see it on Broadway. It is very different, I think, for actors when they are the ones creating a role, if it's mm-hmm. a brand new show that we've never seen before, and they have that opportunity to to be a creator of the role versus when you are a replacement for a show that's already up and running. I think that just is a, a very different thing that singers it, have to navigate and it can be tricky. It is. You're totally right. And I think different shows, different productions will handle that differently. Looking to apply to college musical theater programs? If you're frustrated by the process already, here's the solution you've been waiting for. BVC Aspire is our four-month college audition prep program for rising high school seniors or gap year folks. If that's you or your child, then this is where you need to be. And here's why it works. Aspire includes everything you need to successfully apply to college programs within a fixed yet flexible four-month time period, June through September. It's a fixed price, so there's no surprise costs, and you get your applications in at the start of senior year, saving you months of stress and opening up time for all the other stuff you want and need to do. Registration is open now and doors close on May 15th. We have limited spots available for our 2023 program and we're already at 75% capacity. So now is the time to act. Ready to get stressing over college audition prep off your plate? Schedule a free consult with us. Email hello at bwayvocalcoach.com or check the link in our show notes to book a call. Talk to you soon. So Chelsea, a bunch of the shows you worked on stemmed from your connection with Fiona. And so they were Andrew Lloyd Webber shows, Jesus Christ Superstar and Phantom and School of Rock. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with Rock of Ages off-Broadway. Yes, this was such a delightful experience. It was January 2020. So the world was open. Shows were running. It was wow. January 2020. We, none of us had any idea what was what was going to happen. But I was teaching a series of master classes for a bunch of international students from Mexico and South America over the course of a two-week period. And one of my friends, Bronwyn Tarbelton, was playing for me for most of these classes. 
you'll know Bronwyn because she runs the very popular Instagram account, NYC Trash to Treasures. Have you ever seen her upcycling material, Cynthia? I have not, but I am wow. very much into that. So cool. Bronwyn is one of those hyper-talented, multi-talented actors, singers, incredible pianists, and now she is like famous for upcycling trash in New York City. Anyways, truly amazing. Side note, she was playing for me for this series of master classes, and there were a couple classes that she couldn't do, and so she was finding me some some subs for these classes, and she recommended someone who I'd, I'd never met before, and his name was Jacob Yates, and he was currently the the MD on Rock of Ages off-Broadway. They had just moved into New World Stages, and he was MDing the production. Really talented. He's a cellist. He's gone on to play cello on the Hadestown National Tour. I mean, he's just done a lot of really cool things. Anyway, so he played for this class for me. And so I was working with singers and we were working on a lot of technique, a lot of style, masterclass style. So, you know, a lot of people would sing in the course of a two-hour class. And afterwards, he just came up to me and was like, wow, like I love how you teach. Like, you're really making amazing things happen with these singers. Like, I, I really love this. And I, I could really use your help over at the show. I'm doing Rock of Ages. And they had just brought in Dot Marie Jones, who you might know from Glee. She played the gym teacher on Glee, and she is a sweetheart, the sweetest woman in the world. And they had just brought Dot Marie Jones into, into the show. And she was doing about a, like a six-week period. I think it was might have been her first time on Broadway or off Broadway. And she was playing the role of, gosh, I don't remember the name of the role, but it was a tenor. It's played by a tenor. And if you're familiar with Dot's voice, she has quite a low voice. There were some challenges there, just getting that to all to sync up and for that to feel really comfortable for her. So Jacob brought me in and I had the pleasure of doing several sessions with Dot, being able to go to her put-in, take notes at the show, and work with her throughout the beginning of her rehearsal process and the beginning of her performances. And I loved that experience. And I love that story because in this business, you truly never know who's going to be your accompanist for the masterclass you teach that day and the relationship that you'll form with those people. You never have any idea who you might meet and that they've got a need and that you might have a specific skill set that is going to benefit them and that you can be a solution to their problem, right? You can come in and and support an area that they need some support with. And so that was a really fantastic experience. And that was cut short by the pandemic. At that time too, I was I was really enthused by how that had come about to meet Jacob and to get to work on that show that I was like, I want to work on all the shows. And I had just seen six (laughs) and I was so inspired by what the women were doing in six. And I wrote a note. I wrote a personal note to the music director of six and delivered it at the stage door and was just like, I love what you're doing. The show's fantastic. If you ever need any vocal support, I'd love to offer you any assistance. Here's you know a bit of my resume. Here's kind of what I've been doing for these other productions. And, and then we all know the world shut down. But I really mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. at this place that I was able to do all this really exciting work that's different than working with students in a private voice lesson scenario, but really working to benefit a production as a whole, to be able to support people to do their job. They're very specific. They're very hyper-focused job. And I loved that experience, and I, I'd love to do more of that in the future. I love that. I love that. I love that both 
well, really all of these jobs came out of connections and not auditions or job applications. Yeah. They really just came from you consistently building a body of work and going about your business and doing great teaching. And people saw that and decided to, you know, offer you these positions just based on seeing you teach and doing good work. And and I think that's so true for actors as well. It's something I consistently tell my students and clients that we so often get in this trap of thinking, I I failed at auditions. I didn't book the audition. I didn't book the job. But oftentimes what's happening or always what's happening is that you're building a body of work. Every time you walk into that audition room, you're building a body of work. And we've got a great episode with Delphi Borich, who was one of the understudies on Into the Woods on Broadway. And basically got that job out of people remembering what great work she had done over the years in audition rooms. And so she sent in one audition tape. That was it. Three days later, she was in rehearsal for Into the Woods. They never even saw her live. And she said, don't you need to see me in person? And they said, no, we've already seen you a bunch of times in person, not for Into the Woods, but they had seen her in person for many other auditions, for other shows, for other things. And so she had created this body of work. And, you know, I think the same thing happened to you. You just consistently created this beautiful body of work since graduation and a reputation that you built with your students and your clients. And I just love how that all came together for you. And I just love the way that you entered into the Broadway scene. It's so unique. It's so you. It's so perfect. And you can't it's predict so that wild. Stuff. No, you really can't. <laughs> you just can't predict how that's all going to play out. You really, really can't. And I, I think, yeah, everything you said about building a body of work, doing good work even when no one's watching or even when you think no one's watching, you're working on your craft, whether it's, in my experience, you know, being a full-time voice teacher and choosing to go down that path or being a performer, being an actor, there's always something to learn and there's always – more that you can discover and you you never know you never know how that's going to work out or who's mm -hmm. going to have the opportunity to see you do those things very well mm -hmm. very likely mm -hmm. people that you you don't think are are watching or taking note are and it's good reason to just keep putting one foot in front of the other is there any advice that you would give to singers who are hopefully going to embark on an eight show a week or are currently in an eight show a week? Is there anything that you might just advise for those singers in terms of warming up, cooling down, how to sort of monitor their effort throughout the show? What advice would you give to those folks? Something I like to think about is budgeting your, your vocal energy. So imagine that you have $10 to spend over the course of your two and a half hour musical. You have to do that night. And especially if you're in some kind of a leading role or you're, you're singing a lot of the material, budget out which songs need and require the most of your energy and then budget the rest accordingly. So if I'm Dewey Finn in School of Rock, when I climb to the top of Mount Rock, the opening number 
is going to cost me $1.50. Might even cost me $2 to do that number vocally, right? My $10 vocal money that I have to spend. And therefore, you can't spend $7 on the second number of the song. You have to save that. You have to budget that out for the rest of the show. You can apply this to to the song that you're working on this week. Okay, this this four measures this is the this is the money note. Literally the money note, right? This is where I'm going to spend the majority of my vocal <laughs> energy. And then I only have 90 more cents of my $1 in this song to spend vocally. So really think about vocal budgeting in that way. I think it's really helpful to to be methodical even about where deserves your your vocal energy. And then I would say for folks who are who are doing this professionally, who are professional actors and and currently working or currently auditioning, be mindful of your vocal technique. That sounds so trite. It sounds so boring, but that kind of work to understand how your voice operates, how you can find balance in your voice, how you can warm up in a way to find balance, go and do your show that is maybe very vocally demanding, and then do some kind of a cool down after the show to bring you back to vocal balance, bring back to a a sense of ease and efficiency in your own voice is so important. Those are skills that you don't want to learn two months into your Broadway show or Mm. a month into the tour that you're doing. And not just your Broadway tour, but the non-ec tour where you're in a van every night and moving cities every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is Mm -hmm. it's crucial that you set up, that you understand enough about your voice before all of this is required of you. It's like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. I feel the Mm -hmm. same way about your vocal technique and and understanding how your own voice operates best. Everyone's voice is different. Some people can eat whatever they want and do an eight-show week, and other people have to avoid spicy food and dairy because it affects their reflux too much. Again, there's no right or wrong way to prescribe to everyone listening to this what you should do, but knowing yourself, knowing your voice, and taking ownership of your vocal health and your longevity. No one else is going to do that for you. No one else is going to hold up boundaries around your vocal health and your vocal stamina. So you must, you must be the one to do that, to take care of your voice. Otherwise, you're in a demanding show, you're in a demanding role, and you run the risk of tiring yourself out, injury, Mm -hmm. and just, just not being really boundaried about your time and your energy and your efforts. I love that. Plant those trees, folks. Plant those trees now. Plant those trees. And get a good budget. <laughs> Drink a lot of water. I love that. And get a fabulous voice teacher like Chelsea Wilson. Mm, thanks, mm-hmm. Cynthia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, Chelsea. Are you ready to do a lightning round? No. No, this is so thrilling. This is something that we have started for our guests on the show. And today you are the guest. So you get to do the lightning round. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? Ready No time to think. What fuels you? Creative pursuits. Mm. What drains you? overwhelm and excessive busyness, busyness, mm, like un- unimportant busyness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What profession other than your own would you like to do? Oh, I think it would be really fun to be a news broadcaster. Ooh, that would, I could see you doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What is your favorite form of self-care? Oh, hot baths and just hot water in general, hot showers, hot tubs, (laughs) hot baths. (laughs) 
Hot tea? Does that, is that hot included tea? too? Yeah. Hot tea? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like soaking in hot water, like my body hot water, that's it. That's that's it. <laughs> I love that. What is your favorite comfort food? Macaroni and cheese. Craft mm. or homemade? I really like Trader Joe's white cheddar and shells. Oh, I'm like totally a box macaroni person. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. What is your favorite curse word? And as always, we're going to rhyme it just in case we have some underage listeners. We're going to keep it PG. Do you even swear, Chelsea? I don't know if you're much of a swearer. I'm a very infrequent swearer. No, but you you really can't misplace the value of a well-placed swear word, you know? that the, It's really okay. powerful. But I would say probably like the – like. 85-year-old woman that I am, my favorite swear word rhymes with bell. Just, ah, oh, <laughs> bell, you know? That's probably what I say the most. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. What are you grateful for? My family, my friends, my people, relationships. I'm really grateful for good relationships. I have had plenty of times in my life with not great relationships and the sour makes the sweet all, all the better. Mm, I love that. And if you could share one more thought before we sign off, what would it be? Life is too short to be unhappy. Go do things that make you happy. Mm. Don't get caught up in the busy. We make a lot of busy for ourselves. I'm really working on that right now. We make a lot of busy or this feels really important that I need to do. And I think when I take a step back, there's a lot of things I can let go of and I can make more time for the things that I say I prioritize so that I can actually prioritize them. What a lovely way to end. Oh, Chelsea, great. thank you as always. My pleasure. Well, thanks for having me. Should anything. we do this again sometime? <laughs> Maybe I'll see you here again. <laughs> Let's do this again. I'll oh, meet you here great. in the podcast again in a week. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I'll see you then. <laughs> If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a screenshot, tag us on Instagram at B-Way Vocal Coach, share this episode with a friend, and consider leaving us a review. And if you're ready to take your next step in this industry, but aren't entirely sure what that should be, then take our quiz. We'll strategize with you to outline a roadmap to your unique goals. Plus, from there, you can book a free consult with us. Visit bwayvocalcoach.com backslash take the quiz. We can't wait to hear your story and help you take the next step in your career. Thanks for listening. Thank you.